Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, what's going on? It's Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing down the winding road to episode 300. Yes. And we are here at episode 278 with Vincent's selection from 1967. Sidney Poitier, Catherine Hepburn, her niece, Catherine Houghton, and in his final screen appearance, Spencer Tracy, making his first stop on the Michaud mission as we review Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yes, and, and we continue our parallel journey, the Derville Martin mission, apparently. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who knew that Oscar Michaud and Derville Martin were synonymous for being, for being, you know, the birth of black cinema? I don't know off the top of my head. Derville Martin may have been in more movies that we've watched than any other actor. Maybe, maybe. But Derville Martin will be the star of a very special game that I will be playing with you in just a moment here on the Michaud Mission. Yes. Um, but first, as always, we want to give a shout out and send our regards to everyone out there in the chat watching us as we are streaming live via StreamYard on Facebook and on YouTube. Hello, missionaries. How are you all? Good evening. Good evening. All right. We've got a packed show for you tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Vince, we got emails that we have to read. Okay. We've got a very special request Yes. Review <laughs> yes. that we have to do. Yes, Toya almost <laughs> made me late. <laughs> yes, um, we'll, we'll get into that. But first, but first, you know what? A lot of people ask us. You know, they they like the show and they want to help support the show. And yes, a couple of ways yes. that you can support the show, ladies and gentlemen. The first way is really just tell a friend okay. that you that you are enjoying the show, that you like it, and, and tell them about it. Tell it wherever they get podcasts that they can find the show and they can listen to it. Absolutely, out. and we appreciate all of that. We really do. Yeah, we really do. But the other way that you can really help us is by wherever you f find your podcast give us a five-star rating and a review because believe it or not that really helps people find our show yes it does all about the algorithm it is all about the algorithm vincent you're absolutely correct and um we got a five-star review oh that's nice on apple Podcasts. oh that's nice just on 1031 and this this actually was a review that made me like it made me stop and almost tear up oh 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 it is from kijana oh thank you hey kijana uh kajana excuse me hey kajana. kajana i'm younger than most in terms of the target audience for this particular show okay but at times I feel as though it really connects to me on a deeper level, as though I'm right on the side of these gentlemen during the recording process. Nice. As a young man on the verge of entering the third decade of his life, this show lays a foundation for looking at films from a new perspective and from different angles, pondering new ways to intertwine with the nuances of these films. You may not always agree on their stances, <laughs> for or some of their opinions you will think that the stance may be justified justified okay nonetheless this show is worth the shot of a listen 
the one that I first listened to was Fresh, and it is still my personal favorite. Oh, okay. Hopefully, if you listen to enough, you'll take away which one stands out for you. Oh, thank you, Kajana. I appreciate that. I really yeah. thought that was so nice. Yeah, appreciate I thought it that. was sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was really dope. All right. Um, another way that you can help support the show is just let Envelopes us know. of cold, hard cash. <laughs> well, you could do that. If you... <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, if you can't do that, then hit swag on our right, website. Right, hit swag, right, right. Buy a couple of t-shirts right. and a mug or something. That helps as well. Uh, but another way that you can have your voice be heard is you can email us. Okay. Email us all of your thoughts and concerns at the mission at gmail.com. We got an email from Sharon Eldridge. Hey, Sharon. I watched Sheba Baby today for the first time. <laughs> so fun. You know what other film came out in 1975? Cooley High. Oh, yeah. I also just watched that for the first time today, oh. though I have known of it for decades. Should have watched that first. I, I, <laughs> I checked and I don't see that in your archive, and I wonder if it's on your list. Lots to talk about with that film. It laid the groundwork for so much that came after it. Love your show. See you Tuesday, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. That's I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but that's that's is that your favorite? I know that's one of your favorites. Mine? Are yeah, you yours, Cooley High. It's, it's it's a favorite of mine. Yeah, I it know you're a big favorite. Cooley High. Which is why I haven't pulled the trigger. On I know, and and, and it's why I haven't pulled because yeah. I feel like it's yours. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's yeah I know you love cool. I mean, I love Cooley High too, but I think you love it more than I do. Probably. Yeah. Probably. And you know, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that you know, as I've always been like a real critical, like a critical watcher of films. Mm -hmm. But now, of course, I'm even more critical. Look, we'll talk about that later tonight. So I like now, you know, that's why I really like, I don't want to. Right, right. I don't know. Like Cooley High might be stuff behind like my Nia Long movies. Right, Like I don't know. But you know what? You might be pleasantly surprised. I might be. Speaking of later tonight. I'm just. like, Like you might be pleasantly surprised. You're right. I'm scared, though. I think it holds up. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Bakuli High is, of course, on the list and coming. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, bu- 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 uh, we also heard from um, Sherry D. Long time. Hey, Sherry. Yeah. In regards to our review of Jungle Fever. Yes. Thanks for that great Jungle Fever episode. One of my favorite movies. I remember so many reviewers saying that the film had way too much going on, but I loved it all. Great cast, as was mentioned. Excellent soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I made sure to get the soundtracks for Jungle Fever, More Better Blues, Mm. and Bamboozled after seeing each flick. Mm -hmm. Also, Clockers and He Got Game have some great songs and memorable scenes. Anyway, I really enjoyed your discussion. Great reviews. Keep it coming towards 300. Thank you, thank you. I remember that during that moment where a Spike Lee soundtrack was a must-buy. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as they dropped. Yeah. So. Well, you know why? And, and I think because definitely Spike Lee, you know, he had his moment. Right. Where, you know, he was the guy. Right. You know, and rightfully so. Right. And not only if you were an actor, not only would you want to be in his movies, but if you were a musician 
you wanted to be on a sound. You it, just wanted to be. It, it was hot to it, be on a Spike Lee soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, be a business with Spike Lee. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, most definitely. All right. So as we mentioned, mm-hmm. we got a special request from our social <laughs> media director Toya. Yes. Who wanted us, who, who asked us, beseeched of us. I was about to say, and then there was a bit of emotional terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> beseeched of us to review a new series that's on HBO Max, uh, Love Life. It's it's actually the second year. And more right. particularly, the second season second of Love, season, yeah. Love Life, mm-hmm. which stars William Jackson of The Good Place. Yes. Um, and you were a fan of The Good Place, I right? I was a huge fan yeah. of it. And I'm a, it's, is it William Harper Jackson? Uh, maybe. I, yeah. I, I saw William And, and I'm a big fan of his. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's streaming on HBO Max. This is the second season, but mm-hmm. you, you don't have to watch the first season at all. Because basically what this is, um, it's a show that goes through the love life of an individual person each season. Okay. Um, and they're tangentially connected in that the first season, which starred uh, Anna Kendrick, right? Um, it ends with her wedding, and William Jackson's character uh, is a guest at the wedding, right? And then it just it just picks up and it follows, picks up and follows him, follows him. Um, oh, I forgot. I I wanted to bring it up. Uh, it, it's almost like an extended love American style. Almost, yeah, yeah, like a season, yeah, right? How how that was a uh, an anthology show. Kijana, love American style <laughs> was an anthology show from the mid seventies. That episode to episode, it wasn't even episode to episode. Sometimes it right, like they were just shorts. Yeah, I barely remember Love American style. Like I remember the credits. Like I was really young. Everybody, everybody remembers the credit. You yeah. kind of remember the theme song. Yeah. Um and everybody remembers the the great there was one episode and I I think it was the whole episode but it may have been a short that was animated because it was wait till your father gets home that was such a hit then it they then spun that off into a short lived animated series prime time on ABC <laughs> I remember way too much apparently of American style I. <laughs> And this is why I fuck with you. Because <laughs> I know no matter how obscure, no matter, I know you are right there with me. Lynn, with the deep love American style knowledge. Here's, here's Bravo. Well played. Here's the reason why. Well played. Here's the reason why you're with me. <laughs> because the average person would be sitting there with their mind blown, like, how does he know all this about Love American Style? But your face was, I kind of remember that. I may have to do a YouTube dive. Oh! <laughs> I know we got to get to Love Life. Do you know what I spent? Oh, so, you know what I spent 20 minutes doing? What? Someone put together a 45-minute clip. Oh, boy. I think I know what it is. Of all of the guests. On the love boat. On the love boat. <laughs> I saw that. I watched 20 minutes 
of it before I said there's got to be something better for me to be doing than this. Oh, Nipsey Russell. <laughs> oh, I didn't even get to the R's. I got to like the I M's. Know, right, because they're in alphabetical order. And it got to like the M's, and I was like, I, I really, I, I can't sit here and do this. <laughs> this, this is... <laughs> I know it's dishes in the dishwasher or something. <laughs> something. Like, I'm just sitting here. And they're just looping the song. I know. The song just loops. Right. And you're yeah. like, Donna Michi was on Love Boat? I know. Yeah. I know. So. I know. So, yeah, I'm I'm all over this Love American style. Somehow, was I watching an episode of Love? I know. I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, Toya is twisting. I know. It's twisting. Like, I oh saw God. an episode of Love American style with Flip Wilson. Yeah, it makes that, that track. Yeah, it was like Flip Wilson and he was like a, a, a pool shark. Yeah, that's that track. I just saw that like last summer and it was wow. on something random. Wow, like must have like me TV or something. I, I mean it must have been me TV. Yeah. But it was like, what is happening right now? But it was I mean, that was Love American stuff. I mean, you said like mid seventies. It actually probably was more closer to the early to mid seventies. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So I was like I was really young. Yeah. Yeah. So But Love Life. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Sort of in the spirit of Love American style. It is. So, <laughs> so Love Life which tells us, which stars William Jackson um, as Marcus Watkins, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 about, I guess in the 30s. Yeah, I would think early 30s. Book editor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're introduced to him, he is at this wedding, um, like, like I said, um, with his wife, yes, uh, Emily, Emily, mm-hmm. who was a white woman. Yes, she is. And William Jackson, for those who don't know, is a black person, a black man. Yes, he is. Uh, and at the wedding, he just happens to meet a a, a, a random guest at the wedding. Mm-hmm. This young, this young black girl named Mia, mm-hmm. and they just have an innocent played by oh. Wow, uh, Jessica Jessica Williams, who is magnificent. Yes, yes, yes. And they have a like a just a, a, a nice little conversation. You know, is it slightly flirtatious? Perhaps. Can I speak as the married man? He's out of pocket almost immediately. Is he really? Almost immediately, he is out of pocket. Wait a minute, he's outside. From the moment they exchange email addresses, and he doesn't tell his wife. No, no, no. And he lies to his wife. Well, that that's he's now out of pot. Like like you are now. Well, like you're you're well, now in the badlands. First of all, he didn't lie to his wife. He one hundred percent lied to her because she said, "Did you mingle? Did you meet anyone?" And what did he say? He said, "Nah." And then she said, "And then she said, oh, I thought I saw you outside talking to some.'" some lady and she and he said oh yeah i was talking to some some girl from the from another book company oh yeah he did say that. uh-huh yeah, did. and then he didn't mention that they had exchanged email addresses and that he was yeah oh yeah he was in the bad okay. he that was, was the, out of pocket he was in the badlands immediately he was in, it, from there he right was, he wasn't a, what i i bump against immediately 
in that the conversation, them just having right. the conversation right. wasn't out of pocket. No, 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 not the conversation. But the exchange but, and, of, and even, and even to a degree, the exchange of email addresses, because it wasn't phone that's number. That's all above board, even, even though, like you said, even all that oh let me send you yeah. the, 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 but you've got to tell you've got right you, you, right. you know you've got to right right to it's, keep it above look, board you gotta it's be never the crime it. it's the cover-up yes yes but it, go ahead yes so um and then he becomes in, infatuated with this this you know this connection this right. this conversation as one is one to do it also doesn't help she is like 30 times better looking than his wife well yeah that's and that's part of the plot that, that like, like that's not even plot. me being subjective like that was actually in the narrative right that because they it, said because in the narrative is that he and his wife kind of like married i think like right out of college right out of college and you know he's kind of goofy and nerdy and she's kind of goofy and nerdy and jessica williams is like a five ten goddess. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and but but them being goofy and nerdy, they also kind of like estimate that maybe they're not going to do any much better than each other, and <laughs> and this is what we're supposed to do because we've been together terrible. for so long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but that's the calculation. Yeah, oh yeah, that's going absolutely. On in their head. Yeah, absolutely. And now they're a few years later. I think, right, like seven years later. Yeah, oh yeah. And they're realizing that you know it's. Right, it's more than a rut. Right, a, right. Uh, right. Things is not right. Yeah, cool. oh yeah. Um, and then he starts texting with Mia, of course, and they are, and he's not telling the truth to his lady because they're hanging out. And he's saying he's going out with the guys. Those who aren't watching the watching us live, or you're listening to this on the podcast, you probably can't hear me shaking my head, but. You are shaking your. I head. am shaking my head the whole because this this was terrible. Go ahead. Yeah, it is. It is just he's just all points, all sorts of wrong. And early on, mm-hmm. after the initial connection, mm-hmm. he does reach out to his bull. Yes, he reaches out to his friend, and I want to and I I want to bring up the. Um, I only watched the uh, the first episode, but he was my favorite character. <laughs> he was he was your favorite character. Uh, uh, nice, Vince. Um, he reaches out to his friend. Okay, I gotta, I gotta. Get, oh man, this is taking me. Oh, I'm forgetting his friend's name. That's what's uh, messing me up. And I'm we're doing this live, ladies and gentlemen. So just hold, give me a moment. Uh, it is not Yogi. Yeah, it is. It's Yogi. Yeah, yeah it is Yogi. You're right, right, right. Played by CP, who's a, a comedian. Yeah. He reaches out to his friend Yogi, who's married. Yes. With kids. Yes. And as his best friend. Yes. Tells him. Yes. Dead this you, dog. You need to dead this immediately. And go home. Yes. To your people. To yes. your lady. To go your home, lady. love your wife. Right. Go home, love your wife. Right. Which is amazing. It's an amazing moment in black cinema mm-hmm. because how often is the the best friend played as like, oh dog, yeah, you got to do you know, right, go right. do that, you know. I think it's him and Lil Rel in um in Get Out are the two greatest black male friends in the history <laughs> of cinema. Perhaps Lil Rel and Get Out who told him don't go up in the mountains, mm-hmm. and Yogi who said. 
okay, you need to stop. He he actually says you need to kill this Mia thing immediately. Yeah, he did. He did before it even go any place. And of right. course, he, did, he he didn't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then it all plays out. And I don't want to. I, I don't want to spoil. No, 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 no. Because it's re- t- well, toy toy. If you're on the edge of your seat, I'll just speak for myself. It's really good. I will speak for myself. Okay. Because Toya did ask us to watch the right, first episode. Right, and I watched the first episode, but you... I am on episode four. Okay. Because I really like this show. You're all in. I'm all in. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm so all in that I finished the first episode, and appropriately enough, I said, oh, I'm going to have to watch this with Wendy. Yeah, you do. Because... Like, I can't watch anymore until we can watch it. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to spoil the show. Okay. But we do have to spoil a little bit of episode one because it's a conversation I got to have with you. Okay. All right. All right. Now, in the, in, in episode... If you don't want to be spoiled by, by about anything with the show, just skip the next couple of minutes. Yeah. Skip... Uh, yeah, about a good 10 minutes. Go listen to the In the Heat of the Night episode. When come back. <laughs> when go tell us what you thought of the fresh episode. Go, go, Do you agree with Kajan? classic Sidney Poitier. All right. So. They call me Dr. Prentice. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Why is he like an astrophysicist, that, rocket scientist? Wait. Wait. It's like, I think he's going to take her and her brother and her friend from the army who's a pilot, and they're going to go and get beset by cosmic rays. Wait. Okay, go ahead. In love life. Yes. So he's texting back and forth with, with Mia. Yes, he is. Um, he real out of pocket. He real out of pocket. He real out of pocket. <laughs> real, real out of pocket. Yeah. And they hang out. One day, one day they do hang out. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it gets kind of cozy. Excuse me. It gets kind of cozy. Mm-hmm. But nothing happens. No, no. He ups and leaves. Right. In his mind, he regrets it a little bit, but well, he, when he leaves. Look, yes. Be- because it's clearly a date. It's clearly a date. Okay. All and right. they both know it. Right. They both kind of know it. It's like, hey, right. we're messing around on this yeah, friend yeah, type yeah, of vibe. Yeah, but this is clearly a date. But let's, okay. you know, All right. whatever. Go ahead. And he's he's not with it because he's the married one. She is in a relationship. Right. She has a boyfriend a who's bo- always, boyfriend out, of is always out of town. <laughs> um, So, if I remember correctly, he then, you know, finds out that she's sick. No, you skipped over the museum. Oh, no, no. Okay. Because then they go out on a diggity date. Okay. Wait a minute. They, oh, no. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They had a lunch date where she gets the, the chicken Caesar salad where mm-hmm. she replaces the chicken with broccoli. Right. Which I was intrigued by. Right. I was like, that's probably really healthy. And it probably tastes good. It's actually a good idea. It's really well written. Like, I really like the writing. It's a very well-written right. show, and it's a beautiful show. And that's where I was. I was thinking about a chicken Caesar salad where they replace the chicken with the broccoli. Like, that's probably a good side. Yeah, but it's not a chicken Caesar salad. No, no, no. But I you understand. see, like, I, I mean, she I actually mean, explained it really well. the taste well. of the Caesar. Right, so, like, if you get 
like a grilled chicken breast mm-hmm. or, or or like, you know, I mean, hell, a steak. Like if I get a steak mm-hmm. and then I'll say, well, I also want a chicken Caesar salad, but replace the chicken with broccoli. Mm-hmm. That's probably really good. Maybe. But then they also went to the museum that night. Yeah. Okay. So I they went to the museum yeah. that night. And then that's when they, they then go back to her house. Yes. They go to her apartment and go, have. Yes. And they, they it, it gets real tense. It looks like something might happen. I mean, look, she said you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And he leaves. Mm-hmm. He up and leaves. He up and leaves. Um, he does leave. Yes, he does. And then, okay, I'm trying to remember when. when then after that, the next day is when she says she doesn't right, feel sick, well, and then he just wilds out. He just wilds out. Right, she says right. she doesn't feel well, right? And he said, and he just like all of a sudden he's going to be captain to the rescue, right? He goes right. By soup, right? And it goes and drops by her house unannounced, which, unannounced, which is the best thing to do when you're dealing with somebody who has a boyfriend. How could right. that? And how you're could that possibly go wrong? Well. There's 9,000 ways it could go wrong. But you would go through all 9,000 before you think when you open up the door <laughs> that a six foot ten Amari Stoudemire is going to walk out the door and say, yo, babe, you order Postmates? Like, yo, that is like, oh. That's the greatest use of a professional basketball player as a boyfriend. Since Biggie's, I got a story to tell. You're silly. You're silly. You're silly. I laughed so hard. <laughs> we got to hurry up. Farrell Blackwell is listening to 10 minutes of the Girl 6 soundtrack. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> reading here in the right, chat. Right. So anyway, so now, you know, that shock to the system. Yes, yes, yes. Sends them back home like, okay. <laughs> All right. He goes home. I don't know what happened. They got rained out or something. I yeah. don't know why he was there. Mia's out of my system. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Goes home. Yes. Opens the door. Yes. And at that point. Yes. He gets crestfallen. Yes. Because sitting across. Yes. The room. Mm-hmm. Is his wife. Yes. Sobbing. Uh, I don't know how much she was crying. Well, she, she was hot. She was hot, but she, there was a little. There yeah, was, was some, a little tear. But there was a little sadness yeah, in the, the, mixed the, with the, the anger. Tears were evaporating because as she sat there with his iPad, yes, which is synced to his iPhone, yes, which he was texting back and forth with this woman yes. and his best friend, yes, about this woman and about his wife and about and his about wife. how this woman understands him more right than his wife of seven years with the implication because she's black mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes and then the first episode ends. ends and i don't know anything else so don't fine all right fine amazing yeah like he said well written it's it, funny yes it's romantic it's suspenseful i love jessica drama. williams i love william harper jackson. william jackson harper william harper jackson great yes question for you yes okay he is out of pocket oh yeah make no mistake about it he's out of pocket the whole night yeah right Mm mm-hmm but Mm mm-hmm there's a reason why i don't have an iphone (laughs) (laughs) because i don't need 
everything's syncing all up. If I'm texting on my phone, I don't need these texts Look, to be syncing to my that's fair. to my iPad as well. That's fair. But my question to you, yes, is though he is one hundred percent out of pocket. Yes, could not an argument also be made mm-hmm. that his wife? Is out of pocket be- because she she is reading his, his invaded his, his privacy. Yes, I mean, sure, you can make that. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can. I mean, you, you lose. I was about to say, like, you can make. How dare you go through my stuff? Like, I mean, sure, you can. It, it it's. I think I I honestly think okay. Here's my Here, here's the thing now, and I thought they set it up really well. She knew he was lying about something. Oh, she knew it. Yes. yes. And again, to go back to what I said, where he was out of pocket immediately. Mm -hmm. From that moment, her spidey senses were going off. Yes. So now you just sort of follow the breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs. Yeah, but okay. but But ultimately, the breadcrumbs get to a point where you have to make a decision to to invade his privacy. Yes. And I personally mm-hmm. have a problem with that. Okay. 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 Uh, and I also have a problem that I have to imagine mm-hmm. that on his phone, as well as on his iPad, mm-hmm. he has some type of security measure. Probably. Do, but I don't share my security. Sure. Because I'm single. Right. So you have to tell me. Right. Do married couples share their security on their phones and pets. I mean, I'm gonna have to paraphrase Django. I don't know about married couples, but me and my wife have our security like we do. Okay. All like right. at any given moment, like I gotta answer the phone if somebody's calling her phone and she's in the shower and vice versa. Or mm-hmm. one of them kids mm-hmm. needs to get and use some like like my son was virtual last week and I had forgotten code on his computer and I was at work and so you know, use my computer and so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hmm. Now I know couples that are different, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily think it's a judgment either way, but mm-hmm. just the way it it works smoothly in my house, it's it's best if everybody can get in everybody's stuff pretty immediately. Okay. There. There. Okay. But that then begs a different question. Okay. Because it's one thing to have each other's security code yeah for the the times when you may need it right like you said and you answer the phone or something like that there's another them kids there's another thing about just randomly going into right your phone or ipad right now I, you're fine with that i mean i'm just asking i'm asking i mean in theory i just don't understand why you would like everybody had their own stuff well i mean but if you have your own stuff then uh, all right my mom always like some like sometimes if if i'm driving and somebody you know texts them back and say this no no i hear you but i'm just saying like to me there's like she's like i guess she's just looking to to see whether or not her suspicions are right correct but is she not also looking for trouble i mean there's an argument to be made you know what I don't know how far you want to go down this rabbit hole. There is an episode of Black Mirror that mm-hmm. I teach. Um, the entire history of you. Oh, oh, yes. 
And the whole kind of theme of the episode is that basically mm-hmm. like because of how intimate our relationships have become with our technology mm-hmm. that kind of wiggle room of there are parts of my life that you don't know about right right has gotten so small mm-hmm. and is it better sometimes not to know exactly like 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 short version and talking about spoilers if you've never watched an episode of black mare i think it's the best episode of black mare the entire history of you i recommend everyone watch it it's a fantastic episode of television yes but it does kind of make the argument of if your significant other has done some sketchy shit mm-hmm. and you don't know about it right and it's like over and done with like it was an episode it's over and done with is it better that you just never ever know about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really does kind of explore that. I like to just bypass all that by not doing sketchy shit. <laughs> well, there, there, there's that. There, that's the cure, right? These, like, like, like just don't, because, yeah, because just like he gets caught in this, like we were talking about, like it's, like it's just. I, I, look, I got I got the phone hooked up to the radio and the car, and mm-hmm. you know the, my nephew actually peeped me to this. My nephew who is single mm-hmm. said he he can't be hooking his phone up to the aux cord. Oh no, because mm-hmm. the messages pop up mm-hmm. everywhere. And I feel like the newer Apple watches, mm-hmm. there was some type of privacy setting. Mm-hmm. Because people could see the messages and and somebody you know got but I didn't look look I, I think boundaries are subjective and whatever the boundaries and whatever works for you works for you I think this is a bad case to talk about it because he was amazingly wrong oh yeah like five minutes into the episode he is yeah he, he, he that's very true so. very true um. Miss McKeeba, hey Miss McKeeba, hey Miss McKeeba, says uh, they're married. That's their iPad. Well, <laughs> if it was their iPad, then there would only be one iPad. But they each had iPads. I mean, so, did they? Well, I think they did. I mean, she wasn't just checking. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I don't think that there that was a community iPad. Right, right. Because his texts were going to it. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. No, I, I, so I again, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to <laughs> be the um the victim when you're dead wrong. I know. I trust me. Yes, that's why I'm talking about it in the subjective. But um, just Judy would say clean hands. <laughs> you gotta have clean hands. True, true. Um, well, let me just say this in conclusion. Uh, even though we may have spoiled the first episode it's still worth watching oh it's very good and as someone who has continued on further paths vincent let me tell you it only gets better i look so and there and i mean you can tell they they were trying to blow up his life so that you can then see yeah him. and um that's all i'm gonna say but um the mark of a good television show is the conversation that evolves from it. Right. So this is a very good t- 
television show. I didn't watch season one. I like Anna Kendrick. I don't feel like I need to go watch it. I'll trust that it was okay. Sure. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this world that we are living in. And um, it's 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 pretty dope. So thank you, Toya. Yes, Toya. Thank you, Toya. For Toya, turning us Toya on. Toya told us if we didn't like it, she was going to stop talking to us. And Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, you no. Know, we can get a ferret to do our social media. I was about to say, like, that's not really fair, but okay. Yeah, it's not fair at all, yeah, but all right. it's cool. Um, all right. All right. Okay. So before we get into our review. Hopefully Vincent, Feral Black could hear screams of passion. Miss McKeeba is giving, is, is, is sending G- him the signal to, to that it's back. time for him to come back. Right, right, right. He had jumped back a little early and she, and she said, I, I haven't given the signal. Right, right, right. But right. now he's back. Right, right. But like I said, hopefully he heard screams of passion. All right. And came back. So, <laughs> um, before we get into our review tonight of mm-hmm. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching along with us, as mm-hmm. many of you do on this mission, both Vincent and I were surprised, even though we've seen this movie before. I'm sure we've mm-hmm. seen it before. We were surprised. That- <laughs> Derville Martin. Why is Derville Martin in this movie for one scene? <laughs> but memorable. <laughs> it's quite memorable. Quite memorable. And and of all the of all the scenes for Derville Martin to show up in this movie, which has Sidney Poitier in it, no. Derville Martin <laughs> is sparring with Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. You know, I feel like I vaguely remember Wesley Snipes playing Derville Martin saying something like that in Dolomite is my name. Like mentioning right, about- like, you know, I'm an actor. I've acted with Spencer Tracy. And it's true. Yeah, and he's he's one hundred percent correct. And he's still toe to toe. But because of how random it is that Dervo Martin came up. <laughs> yes. I have a game that I want to play with you. All right. Vincent, I hope that you will like this game. All right. I think you might be good at it. We are playing. Like red light, green light. It's not red light, green light. Right. But it is a game. That thing with the cookie. You got A game that people seem to love or loved at one time. And maybe they'll love it this time. Because we put a different spin on it. If you pull out some marbles, I'm leaving. As we play... Six Degrees of Derville Martin. Six Degrees of Derville Martin. I like this already. All right. Okay. All right. So oh, Vincent. yeah. I'm up for this. Yeah. All right. Vincent. All right. Here we go. So. I'm, let, let's do this. How many moves? How many moves to get from many, Derville Martin to who? First one. All right. Derville Martin to Julia Roberts. Derville Martin to Julia Roberts. I can... Get from Derville Martin to Julia Roberts in, let me see, because I know how I'm going to get to it. I just need to make sure I have my movies right. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. You only got to... Like 30 more seconds. Okay. I'm going to go from Derville Martin Mm -hmm. to what's our man's name in Watermelon Man? Godfrey Cambridge. Derville Martin to Godfrey Cambridge in Watermelon Man. Mm -hmm. So how many moves is that? Does that count as one? That's one. All right. Godfrey Cambridge to... 
Hmm. How do I want to do this? Goffrey Cambridge to Oh wait. Wait, 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 wait. Goffrey Cambridge to um ah ah what what's 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 our man's name? We were just talking about him. Cooley High. Cooley High. Lawrence Hilton Jacob? No, 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 no. Other Glenn dude. Terman. Glenn Termy. Goffrey Cambridge to Glenn Terman. Five on the black hand side. Okay. So is that that's two? Yes. Glenn Term Glenn Terman. <laughs> yes, Glenn Terman. Glenn Terman <laughs> to I, I, I gotta I gotta call this soon, man. Shit. <laughs> okay. I know I can get from Glenn Terman to Denzel Washington. <laughs> it's just too much. Oh, oh, uh. oh. You went a long route, though. You went a long route. I know. I, well, I was trying to be fancy. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, trying to show off. But the show off. No, because you said Julia Roberts. Right. Right. So I'm trying to get from Glenn Terman to Denzel Washington. And then Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts were in um oh the pelican brief the that? pelican brief yeah okay but you could have gone Dervo Martins and guess who's coming to dinner with Sidney Poitier who was in the Jackal with Richard Gere who oh, was in Pretty Woman very with Julia nice that's, that's that's nice see I left guess who's coming to dinner yeah. Yeah, I probably could have went from him to Sidney Poitier to who was was Robert Redford in sneakers. Who was in sneakers with Sidney Poitier? Robert Redford, and mm-hmm. from Robert Redford to I don't know what was he in with Julia Roberts. I don't know, but Robert Red, between Robert Redford and Julia Roberts, there's there's got to be connective tissue. I mean, there's connective tissue pretty quickly, right? Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, you'll never get this. This next one, so I'll skip to the third one. What was the next one? You sure? Yes. Okay. Derville Martin. Derville Martin to Kiernan Culkin. Macaulay Culkin's brother, star of HBO's Succession. Yeah, because I don't really know what all he was in. You're right. I'm I'm not going to get that one. Yeah. I'm not going to get that one. You're not going to get that. All right. Who's the third one? The third one. You almost were there. Okay. So this was, here's the layup for you. Okay. Derville Martin. Derville Martin. To Denzel Washington. Oh. Okay. But I'll make, I'll, I'll make this hard for you. Okay. Derville Martin to Denzel Washington. Two moves. In two movies. See, I know I'm because I'm trying to get from Derville Martin to Max Julian. I'm trying to be fancy again. <laughs> I'm trying to show like off. I'm going a long way. 
Okay, so all right, so Derville Martin is in Watermelon Man. Derville Martin was in um Sheba Baby. Mm-hmm. What else did we see? Derville Martin was in Dolomite. He was in Dolomite. Which is useless for this. He was in a, a Fred Williamson movie, too. <laughs> is that Wendy? No, 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 it's a PTA meeting. Um, what was he in? It was, uh, he's, in, I mean, he's actually in a couple of Fred Williamson movies, but I think he was in, um, I think he was in, uh, what's that movie with, uh, him, uh, with the sequel to Hammer because he praised the Reverend. Right. All right, you're not going to get it. I know. Devil Martin was in the final come down with Billy D. Williams. Maybe, but I mean that's Billy D. Williams. Movie, okay, that's true. But he was, <laughs> but also in that movie was Raymond St. Jacques, who played Frederick Douglass in Glory. Yes, with Denzel Washington. See, you're cheating because you have Derville no, no, Martin's I got the filmography it's in my front guess of for you. you. Yeah, yeah, but you've also got his filmography in front of you. I See, mean, I didn't have his filmography. Like, you sprung this on me. Yeah, I know. That's not really fair. But I'm, I'm the host. Of, I'm, of course, I have the answers. I'm the host of the game show. All right. Like, look, I'm not cheating. All right, look. Look, oh, now you want to play. I just want to pull up his filmography because, like, you see, you went to the final come down. You ain't never even seen the final come down. <laughs> That's not cool. That's not right. I played the game. Nah. Okay, you want to give me one? Give me I one. I give you nothing. I'm looking at Durgo <laughs> Martin's filmography. And when I have his filmography in front of me, then you give, then okay, you give, give me, me one. Some, give nah, me one. you give me something. You give me something else <laughs> if, while I'm looking at his filmography. So give you something else? All right, give you another person. All right. right, all right, all right. Go from Derville Martin. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> to who? Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, Mister Mister Smarty Pants. Go ahead, Derville Martin to George Clooney. Derville uh, Martin. To, um, okay, so I'll work backwards. Okay. George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Zen Facts of Life with Kim Fields. Movies. You didn't say movies. <laughs> Come on. It's All the, right, the fine, game is movies. fine. George Clooney <laughs> is in Ocean's Eleven with Bernie Mac. Okay. Bernie Mac is in... Um, <laughs> is black. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to get Derville Martin. Go ahead, go ahead. Bernie Mac is in um <laughs> Guess Who? A remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Which... <laughs> is actually a true statement. All right, you threw me with a hat. <laughs> yeah, I can go TV, of course. Oh boy! <laughs> Give me one more second, and we are going to go ahead and go. <laughs> this is a good game, now. I know, right? <laughs> it's funny. It's fun. All right, I'm gonna give you someone else. I'll this give you... is a good game. Me... I'll give you another. I'll give you another person. All right. Okay. 
Uh, let's think. Let's think. What was Derville Martin and Rosemary's baby? I know. I was trying to get to. I, look, I was like, if I can get from Mia Farrow, to George I Clooney. Because, like, you can't go, like, Mia Farrow to Woody Allen, Woody Allen. George Clooney was never in a Woody Allen. I know, but but between Woody Allen and, and George yeah, I Clooney, I, I feel like you you hit them pretty. You would think. You, you, right. But I don't know. Um, okay. Here's the last one. This is this is fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be, that's torture. I'm not going to do that. Um. Woody uh, Allen, Scarlett Johansson in that Woody Allen movie. Scarlett Johansson is in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. With so you just picked your old person, Woody Allen. <laughs> you gonna go for Woody Allen? <laughs> I mean, look. I got somebody for you. All right, go ahead. You, all right. Um, oh, now you give me Woody Allen, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson is in Ghost World with Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is in um is in um fucking mm, the Coen Brothers movie. He's in like a bunch of them. Pick one. Uh, Fargo. With... No. Uh, What's the one he's in with John Goodman? Is he in the Big Lebowski? He's in the Big Lebowski, isn't he? Is he? I don't, I, I don't remember. John Goodman. John Goodman is in um. Oh, oh brother, where where art thou? Where art thou with George Clooney? <laughs> but wait a minute. But where'd you get? Where, where's the connection to Dervil Martin? Dervil Martin, Mia Farrow, Woody Allen, oh, okay. Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Steve Buscemi. Okay. John Goodman. Okay. So I, I'm right at seven. You just, yeah, yeah. And I know there are shorter ways to get. <laughs> so there you go. You were not going to. There you go. Derville Martin and George Clooney. <laughs> you were not going to let that go. Rosemary's Baby opens up all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. That, well, that was fun. Yeah, I love that. That was fun. We'll have to bring that back. Yeah. Let's get into our review of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Academy Award winner Spencer Tracy, Academy Award winner Sidney Poitier, Academy Award winner Katherine Hepburn. Introducing Katherine Houghton. Three Academy Award winners and a bright young newcomer combine their talents in a love story of today. I haven't even told you his name. <laughs> Mommy, it's John Wade Prentice. 
Isn't that a lovely name? John Wayne. Joanna Prentice, I'll be. What the hell is going on here? I love your daughter. There is nothing I wouldn't do to try to keep her as happy as she was the day I met her. But it seems to me, without your approval, we will make no sense at all. That is why I'm asking for the clearest possible statement of what your attitude is going to be. I appreciate that, Doctor. It's uh, almost in the form of an ultimatum. Not quite, Mr. Drayton. All you have to say is goodbye. Do you mean have we been to bed together? I don't mind you asking me that. We haven't. He wouldn't. Until today, I would never have believed that I could say such a thing. But when she fights you, I'm going to be on her side. But you don't own me. You can't tell me when or where I'm out of line or try to get me to live my life according to your rules. Dad, you're my father. I'm your son. I love you. But you think of yourself as a colored man. I think of myself as a man. That's the story of, that's the glory of. Guess who's coming to dinner? 1967 romantic comedy drama produced and directed by Stanley Kramer, written by William Rose, starring Sidney Poitier, Catherine Hepburn, featuring her niece, Catherine Houghton. Mm -hmm. And the final screen appearance of Spencer Tracy. The film was one of the few films of the time to depict an interracial marriage in a positive light as interracial marriages historically have been illegal in most states of the United States at this time. This film, along with um, featuring <laughs> Dervell Martin, also features <laughs> the feature film debut of one Isabel Sanford in Vincent's selection for episode 278 of the Me Show Mission. Vincent, what do you have to say about Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? What can you say about Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? This is a capital V, capital I, very important film. Mm -hmm. It is a film that that was critically acclaimed when it came out it was celebrated by by the vast majority of the press and mm -hmm. and by hollywood um catherine hepburn of course won an academy award yes for her performance um three actual titans in this film like they were titans at the time when when you're talking about sydney portier catherine hepburn Spencer Tracy, certainly um, Isabel Sanford and Bo Richards are our beloved character actors mm -hmm. at the time. 
Bo Richards who plays who, uh, who plays his, his uh, Mrs. Prentice, his mother, mm. his mother. Um, Stanley Kramer is 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 already at this point a a really well regarded director, mm-hmm. a really well regarded director. So much so that he has moved into producing. Yeah, as you said, he produced this film. Uh, he had worked with Sidney Poitier previously in um, the Defiant Ones. Yes, a film we've we've talked about. So this is a film that, frankly, our our recommendations are are we're just following the form. Mm-hmm. You have to watch. Guess who's coming? To, I mean, this really is one of the most important films of the the, the past. 50 years, you know, arguably in American film history. This story of this doctor. Yes. Dr. Prentice, who falls in love with this young white woman. And then he comes and has to tell her parents or they tell her parents played by Spencer Tracy and uh, Catherine Hepburn. Spencer Tracy is, as you mentioned, in his final role. So it also holds a place in film history because of that Mm -hmm. the direction in the script again this is stanley kramer this this is someone who is a master of his craft Mm -hmm. and and it it is a film at 140 minutes you know an hour and 40 minutes rather kind of zippy Yep. For most of it. Like, like yep. it really, like I have, I have to say going into it, I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. with how much over half of this film mm-hmm. really moves. A lot of it is actually funny. Mm-hmm. Like I had forgotten how funny, it, you know, I, I think the, the script is really smart. It's really crisp. Catherine Hepburn uh, everyone knows how I have my 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 sort of doubts and 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 I don't really pay much credence to awards, but she's 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 a titan in this. Like like you absolutely understand why Catherine Hepburn is Catherine Hepburn, right? In this film, yes, she is funny. She she sparkles mm-hmm. everything in it. Spencer Tracy for this to be his last film, he's not as vibrant mm. as you get with the classic Spencer Tracy performances. And frankly, I don't think he's as vibrant as Catherine Hepburn. Right. But he is still Spencer Tracy. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the real flexes that you get from Stanley Kramer and from this script, you get this almost seven minute speech yeah, by Spencer Tracy at the end of the film mm-hmm. where he basically is 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 you know coordinating Sidney Poitier yeah like there's the there's the plot of the film but then there's also the overarching theme of the film like Sidney Poitier this is his coordination as the leading man not the black leading man but the leading man mm-hmm and this is prime Sydney Poitier. I mean, this is 1967 Sydney Poitier, the the same year that this comes out. My favorite Sydney Poitier film, um, In the Heat of the Night, comes out. Yeah, and and he, you know, I, I think this is our third film from this kind of classic period. Mm-hmm. Now I'll bring in Guess Who's. I'll bring in um to Sir with Love. Yeah, 
And I will say what I always say about Sidney Poitier from this moment. I love to watch Sidney Poitier move. Just his economy of movement. Mm -hmm. His, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So all of that is there. Like I said, the script is much zippier for the most part than I remember. So that by the time you get to ironically, the dinner itself, right. Where I think it starts to, I'm not going to say drag, but the energy that you get in the first part, Mm -hmm. you kind of forgive it. And the energy kind of leaves with the dinner because you come to what has always fascinated me about to serve with love. About to serve with love? I'm sorry, about um, Guess Who's Coming Together. together. This is a film where there's no conflict. No one is actually upset about Mm -hmm. this. Like, I think the zippiness of the first part of the film is watching these two veteran actors, Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, react to this unexpected news. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sidney Poitier, already a master thespian, Mm kind of navigate. Mm -hmm. But once it's settled in, like once everyone knows what's going on, you know, like, like you want to say hand wringing. Yeah. Yeah. But there aren't really that many hands being wrung at all. Yeah. A couple of the beats kind of repeat themselves. And it, and it really goes to the, the issue Two issues that this film has always been dogged by. First and foremost, speaking of Sidney Poitier in earlier films, I've always been a defender of Sidney Poitier during this period and and this, this generalization that he is an asexual being. Okay. And that he doesn't have sexuality. And, and once again, sort of document. I think he... I think in the Defiant Ones, there's very much this energy when he and um, Tony Curtis Tony Curtis go into the house with the white woman and the white woman is sort of playing them. Mm-hmm. Even in, in the heat of the night, I think there's a pop between his detective, Tibbs, mm-hmm. and the widow yes. of, the, of, of, of the factory. Right. That basically pushes for Tibbs to be involved. Mm-hmm. And then to serve with love, the students trying to sleep with them, the teachers trying to sleep with them, the mothers of the students trying to have the dudes trying to sleep with them. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, he is actually asexual in here. Mm. Like they make a point of saying they haven't had sex. Like that's part of the narrative. There's no real chemistry between them. Mm. Infamously, the only kiss you see between this couple that has fallen heads over heels with each other over this 10 day period, Mm -hmm. you see a kiss in the rear view mirror. Yeah. So there is that. And this is one of the very few times where I absolutely agree with the criticism that a Sidney Poitier character is asexual. Mm -hmm. The other issue is what I call the Othello problem. Okay. The problem with watching Othello in modern times is that, A, 
social mores have changed so much mm-hmm. that it doesn't cha- it's not really that challenging like just the the very concept of a black man with a white woman mm-hmm. b because it's a shakespeare play by definition it's always some 6 foot 14 Shakespearean trained deep like it's always like Dennis Haysbert mm-hmm. playing Othello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who could object to their daughter being with this guy? Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see an objection. Who in polite society could have an objection? Mm-hmm. Like there could be an objection, but he's perfect. Dr. Prentice. Oh, to 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 right, right, to but that but, but oh. even the way most people play Othello, like I said, okay. it's always you know, oh Desdemona, how do you? And it's like you know, we get to kind of be pompous in the in the audience and go, I can't believe how ignorant and small minded these people are mm-hmm. in the town of. It's like no, no, it's you know, Doctor Prentice is perfect, right? He's a doctor. He's training other doctors in Africa to save other children. At Mm. one point, Spencer Tracy's character says he will save hundreds of thousands of lives. Mm -hmm. He's going to work for the World Health Organization. He's immaculate. Again, this is Sidney Poitier in 1967. Mm. So he is immaculate. Mm -hmm. No one wears a suit in 1967 like Sidney Poitier. He has, you know, he has the voice, he has the sensibilities, mm-hmm. he is kind, mm-hmm. everything about him, so that there's never a moment where there's any tension in the film to the point where actual objections that any ordinary person would have, like, for instance, you've known him 10 days. Yeah. He's 37 years old. Mm. You're 23. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're talking about getting married in two weeks. Like, these are all objections that a reasonable person would have. Mm-hmm. But because it's Sidney Poitier playing Dr. Prentice, it, it just doesn't stick. Right. So that the, the final part kind of pulls it. But again, just to circle back to what I said in the beginning, it doesn't really matter because this is a very important film. Right. And I was just very thankful that the parts that moved, moved as much as it did. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. I think you were going to land there. Because it sounds like you really, really liked the movie. I, you know what? I liked it way more than I remembered liking it. Like I said, mm. I, like I thought this, this script was a lot zippier. Mm-hmm. than i remembered and 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 you know i have to say katherine hepburn and and spencer tracy just like like i'm a sucker for them i like we were talking about derville martin and and that scene with derville martin like there's there's a, a little side journey it has absolutely nothing to do nothing with to the do plot with of the it. film mm-hmm. where spencer tracy and katherine hepburn go and get ice cream and yeah. and black coffee yeah <laughs> i i i could have watched I could have watched 20 minutes of them driving around San Francisco, driving in the street, just sort of being Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Yeah. So they were, they were cool. Um, 
I think it's interesting that you point out how luminous Catherine Hepburn is in this film. And I agree. She definitely pops off the screen. I'm a, I, you know, I'm a classic movie guy. So mm-hmm. I've long been a fan of Catherine Hepburn. I, as much as I am a fan of her, I always do think that she is someone that when she's on screen, I don't see her character. I see Catherine Hepburn. Sure. I mean, but there, there are some actors that are like that. Cary Grant's like that. So it's just a matter of whether or not they're being who they are fits for whatever they're doing. And there are times when Catherine Hepburn doesn't fit, but this time Catherine Hepburn, a slightly older Catherine Hepburn mm-hmm. fits perfectly. Um, I also think that it is a, um, a credit to her acting talent that she radiates off the screen as much as she does because Spencer Tracy, who she had for a long time been in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll just call it a relationship because that's what it was. Spencer Tracy was definitely ill. Mm-hmm. And we say that this is his final performance. He passed away 19 days after they wrapped Phelan. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, he was like he, and he literally could not be insured for the movie. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't think he's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So Catherine Hepburn and Stanley Kramer actually took a put up for the insurance to cover Spencer Tracy because they wanted him in the film. And she had to be on top of her game. She also had to kind of like be on top of his game. Right. Making sure that he got to the set on time, uh, monitoring exactly how much he was doing. He pretty much only worked about three or four hours a day um, because of his stamina and uh, all of his, because of it, all of his different ailments. So the fact that she is able to shine while you know that is very much on her mind is another credit mm-hmm. to the woman's um, ferocity and her talent. Um, and as great as she is in this movie, this is a, a role that, you know, she went to her grave never watching. I know. Yeah. It, it was Spencer Tracy's yeah. last film. Um, Spencer Tracy, like you said, you know, he's a beast. Um, and I'm a huge Spencer Tracy fan. I like him. And, and, uh, and as much as and Spencer Tracy has been acting and has been Spencer Tracy since the 30s. Right. But honestly, I don't it's when Spencer Tracy starts to get that gray in his hair, that's the Spencer Tracy that I like. Right. right. He, he's just, just like all raspy and just don't give a damn. He's all dope. And Sidney Poitier, who, even though at the age of 37, age of 37, that it had been acting since the 50s, like you mentioned in the Defiant Ones, which was in the late 50s. Sidney Poitier now, 1967, this is his year. You mentioned mm-hmm. to Sir With Love. Oh, yeah. Um, guess who's coming to coming to dinner? Um, Heat of the Night. Heat of the Night. Oh, yeah. This is his year, and it had been rightfully coming for the man, right? And he had been dealing with a whole bunch of stuff, and he had dealt with the criticisms and things that you had said uh, um, that had been levied at his feet. And, and met them all head on and just steadfastly doing this, doing his part and felt that it was important for him to be in this film, mm-hmm. important for him to play this role. And even though this role, like you said, of Dr. Prentice is this like perfect person, you know, the idea 
of the writer, William Rose and Stanley Kramer, was that to make him perfect so that the only objection could be what because he was black. Right. But as you point out, the other objections <laughs> are that he just met this chick t- 10 days ago in Hawaii. And he's 37. And Well, I push back on the 37 a little bit only because the truth of the matter is in that in those days that's true that's very you're, true you're an adult you're both adults that's very true it it, it you know 37 23 it's not it wasn't out of the realm right. you're right you're right you know so you're right i'm I'll, I'll push back on that what i won't push back on is the other thing that you point out is that not only did they just meet 10 days ago the movie is telling me that they fell head over heels in love yes my eyes are telling me (laughs) ain't no way in the world Sidney Poitier look man is falling for this little girl I know this this little privileged girl because when you watch this movie through 21st century eyes Oh man, she she might as well just have a cape that just says Captain Privilege on it, man. Yeah. I mean, cause she just feels like the world should move for her, you know? Yeah. Change the menu up because they're inviting everyone and their grandma to dinner at yeah. the last minute. Yeah. Um, you're like, yes, my mother and father will absolutely have no problem. Why would they have any problem with you being black? I don't have a problem right with you being now. black. They won't have a problem with you being black. Mom, tell Dr. Prentice that you don't have a problem right. with him being black. Also, I'm flying to um And I'm flying to Geneva. Geneva. In two weeks. Because <laughs> wait, not two weeks. Sh- oh, tonight. Tonight. Because why shouldn't we be married? I thought about it, mother, and it doesn't make absolutely any sense for him to go to Geneva without me. So I'm going to go to Geneva with with him. Um, (laughs) I'll continue my schooling later. Like, what? Who who in the hell? So, and honestly, I feel that every time I watch the movie, and it's no disrespect to Catherine Haughton. I feel so bad for her. Because that's the role. Yeah. And I just feel bad for her. Like, like this poor kid is just in a room right. with Sidney Portier and Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Now the, the, the story goes is that there was a speech where she kind of like shows a little bit more depth mm-hmm. um, about, you know, where her head is at. Uh, that was cut from the film. And it was cut from the film by the director and the writer because they basically wanted to keep her in the box in which she appears in the movie. Um, And that, unfortunately, is to the detriment of the character, Mm -hmm. not the actress. Like I said, Catherine Horton, she's doing her job. I mean, yes, did she get this job because she's Catherine Hepburn's niece? Okay. But who who among us haven't gotten a foot in the door, you know? At the end of the day, you still got to keep the door open. Right. And she doesn't do anything to close the door in this movie. Right. But her character is grating like a mug and yeah. getting on my freaking nerves from the day, from the moment I see her. And there's absolutely no chemistry. Yeah, none. Between her and Sidney Poitier. Um, and also, as much as liberal as 
Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn's characters are portrayed. And as much as this film uh, wants to challenge their liberalism, which is what you're seeing in them trying to, you know, reconcile with, you know, this, it's a, it's a black man, mm-hmm. 37 year old widow, widower. Right. Who was dating my daughter. Um, as much as it wants to do that, I feel that it capes those two characters up to the detriment of the other black characters in the film. Mm. Not Sidney Poitier. Sure, not him. But I'm talking about his parents who fly up from San Francisco to have dinner with them. And while played by Bo Richards and Roy Glenn Glenn Jr., Mm -hmm. Bo Richards... Yes. Does she get a, a kind of a nice scene with, yeah. with Spencer Tracy and talking about how, you know, you just forgot all about love and mm-hmm. and so has, you know, my husband. I love Bill Richards. And it's it's a nice scene. Yeah. Um and but Spencer Tracy then in that seven minute summation <laughs> that you, you talk about, right. one of the places that he makes sure is the visit is to check Bo Richards. Right. Uh, um, the mother yeah. about in that he does remember love right and he does remember the love that he has for for his wife so that's him smacking her down mm-hmm. then his father who was much like in the film Spencer Tracy was you know you're marrying the this white woman are you out of your out of your mind mm-hmm. no this is not this is not going to happen and you could say he's coming at it from a different he's coming at it from a totally different point of view because he can only come at this with his perspective right on a black man right and his father is a retired mailman mm-hmm. who you know in his perspective you know you can almost see he's there's ne- he's never met a white person that he can 100% trust right let alone a white woman, right? Let alone this white little girl, right? Right? Who is just Pollyannaing all up in my face, right? And son, can't you see that, right? Right? So that's his point of view, and he is—he's a little—he's angry, and he—he's angry about it. And his son, who is one hundred percent deferential to Sidney Poitier. Then has the nerve to jump in his father's face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And throw his father's um, history uh, back in his face before saying, you know, like, Dad, you know, like, you see yourself as a Negro man. Yes. I see myself as a man. Yes. Yes. It's 1967. But I love you, Pop. Yeah. I'm your son. Get the... Get the... That, that look, you could tell this was written by a white, white <laughs> right, man, right? Right in, in nineteen sixty-seven, and, yeah. and another way you could tell it's written by a white man. Sydney um, Spencer Tracy's character is a uh, owner of a newspaper, mm-hmm. so you know, with this nice high-rise in New York or no, San in, Francisco, and uh, no, in Los Angeles, because they fl- the parents flew up from San Francisco. To to be there, right, right, they, they, on the right, West right. Coast, whatever. Right. He owns a newspaper. He, he he he's got money. Yeah, oh yeah. They've got money. 
he finds out the 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 type of man that Dr. Prentice is. Mm-hmm. You know that he's got all these accolades. He's famous. His his yeah. his, his, his his Irish brogue priest's best friend even knows him. Like, oh my yes. god, he's a, you've got a famous man in right. there. Do you know who's there? This is not right. Sammy Davis. This is a cut above Sammy <laughs> Davis. You know, like <laughs> say that. About and Sammy what the, and, and what does Spencer Tracy says says upon learning that this this man who he cannot knock at all. This mm-hmm. man who made a long distance call in your house and left two dollars and fifty cents. That's right. You know, for for the charges, for the long distance call. Can't knock him at all. But upon learning what his father did, he says, How can a, a mailman raise a father a son like that? A son like this. Yeah. Excuse me? Mm. The same way you raise your privileged chit kid. Right. You know? You do what you do and you raise your kid. Get the out of here man mm. so but then in that seven minute summation at the end Spencer Tracy is you know eventually your father will come around to where I am yes because so, his dad ain't signed up for it his dad right still ain't signed up for it he still ain't signed up for it at the end of the movie I like so that now detail. Spencer Tracy smacks him down Isabel Sanford the maid Tilly Upon seeing this black man come into the house, all she's saying is he must be some 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 kind dude. Yeah. You know, I guess coming from her point of view mm-hmm. of black guys and right. seeing them as con men or, or whatever, you know, whatever her viewpoint of, of of black men, right? And she is basically telling Spencer Tracy when he comes into the house, oh, all types of hell is breaking up in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you need to get a hold of this. And you know, she she calls upon herself to try and check Sydney Portier. <laughs> you like, listen here, I've been raising this young girl since yes. she was in diapers, and you ain't gonna co- excuse me. I didn't know Mammy was in this movie. Yeah. So I'm like, what? Never fear, because in that seven-minute summation, <laughs> Spencer Tracy smacks Isabel Sanford down. It's like she's causing all type of ruckus. You, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, mind your manner and put the dinner on the on the table. Yes. So I'm like, I'm, I, this, this movie is kind of rubbing me a little bit wrong. Oh, this is interesting. And then there was another thing. That tells me the privilege, and this is written by a white white man. Okay. The daughter is telling her mother about the first time when they met. Yes. In Hawaii. Yes. And she says she's out on the balcony at night in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It's nighttime. Yes. And she mentions it's nighttime, it's dark for only the stars. I didn't even see him there until he moved. <laughs> Excuse me? Okay, Lynn. So, I, I you think, didn't see... I don't think they were... <laughs> you didn't see him until he stepped out of the dark. I was about to say, at least you didn't say until he smiled. <laughs> That's code. Okay, Lynn. Until I didn't see him until I saw the whites <laughs> of his eyes. That's what that is. That, that also bothered you. That bothered me. I'm surprised you, you didn't bump on that line. I didn't. I, I didn't. bumped the hell out of that line, I man. I've heard similar lines. I was lines. like, did she just say he stepped out of the dock? I, 
<laughs> darkness move, and it was Sidney Poitier. <laughs> There have been similar sentiments about white men. He just he stepped out of the sun. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Oh boy, the darkness moved. Look, I, I think it goes without saying that the black character. I, I have to say this: I've always halfway been shocked that his parents were even in the movie. Okay, yeah, Be- yeah. because frankly. Much like you say ab- about um, Joey's role, mm-hmm. the, the the white girl that he's engaged to, she's an afterthought. Like, she's almost an afterthought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, everyone knows who the players are mm-hmm. in this film. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is just sort of an afterthought. Right. Right. So, I, I always like the fact that his parents even had a voice like i think your your critiques of of their voice is is perfectly spot on but frankly whenever we talk about this situation Mm -hmm. oftentimes we go right to her family or the white family is the one that's really upset and has reservations and everything that goes along with that so i appreciated in the interracial love film Okay. You had his family kind of like, you know, what are you doing right now? Like, like what is happening right now? And I ain't like him coming at his dad the way he came at his Mm-mm. dad either. And I'm glad you, you, you know, like I got, you know, I'm real sensitive about dad stuff, obviously over right. the past year. So I was like, you know, well, I don't know. I, I guess a white man wrote this. I don't know. I don't really, but you know, I said, all right, fine. Well, but you know, Sidney Portier being Sidney Portier. He does kind of lessen it at the end, and, and you know he says, "Yeah, but I think that's mm. just the, the writing, right?" And Isabel Sanford, look, she's clearly the comedy relief. I know she's clearly there to cut up. I, I have to say, the scene, the one scene with she and Sidney Poitier together, where she comes into his room mm-hmm. and just goes both barrels yeah i laughed like no, I, like I, that actually because and, and when she said and yeah ain't even that handsome yes yes i said okay isabel sanford this I, I guess sometimes the actress makes the role yes of course you have to worry about you know it's isabel sanford who would years later fall for sherman hemsley so. <laughs> and she was gonna have her own sassy maid yeah, so you know, yeah. are we really trusting her eyes? Are we really? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no, I understood that she was a comedy relief, and I just, I just would have liked a little bit more sensitivity played to sure played to her character. And and what's the deal with um, Barbara Randolph as the girl Dorothy who walks in? <laughs> I mean, let me tell you it's basically just a bait let me tell you i have never felt more in sync with the character on screen than when paul prentice said well who's that because i said, said the same thing well who's that i said whoa who is that 
Yeah. And then she, oh, that's Dorothy. And then Dorothy gets one little scene, and then Dorothy's gone from the movie. I know, just dances her way out of just the movie with a white guy. Well, I guess, well, you know, I think, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's a new day, and, and you know, even my beloved ice cream scene where they're there with yeah. the young people, and it's just a new day, but... Yeah, I could have, I could have, I could have had more Dorothy. I could have had more Dorothy, more yeah. Barbara Randolph. Did you read the Barbara Randolph story? I did not. Barbara because, Randolph, because I was running out of time doing stuff. Because I had to watch Love Life. <laughs> yes, you did. You <laughs> so did. Toya wouldn't be angry at me. At one time, Barbara Randolph was up for replacing um, first Diana Ross, then possibly Flo Ballard in the Supremes. I did not. That's a good pull. But because uh, I sure meant to look her up. But she um, she didn't make the move. I, he, Barry Gordy was going to put her into the Supremes when he was thinking about spinning Do- uh, Diana Ross off solo. OK. But then he realized uh, it wasn't quite yet time. OK. So then he said, well, she'll replace Flo because Flo was dealing with some right, personal right, with issues. issues. Yeah. But Diana said no, because Flo's my girl. Right. So Barbara Randolph, who was signed to a deal with Motown, didn't end up in the Supremes and ultimately never even released an album. Oh. So this is really Barbara Randolph's this shining is, this moment. This is all you Barbara Randolph, yeah, because she was bad. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. I, I'd forgotten all about her. Yeah. I was with Dr. Prentice. You were with Dr. Prentice. Hey, who is that in the background? So... I land on that. First of all, I was very surprised that this wasn't a play. Like it, I almost, it, 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 I almost, it has a play rhythm to it. It's got it. a play it, rhythm. It really it's does. all basically one set. Yeah, you know. Um, and it's a testament to Stanley Kramer's skill. Yeah, that it doesn't feel claustrophobic. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's it. The script, for the most part, it's a little sanctimonious at times, but. It does pop, and I think that is a credit to the actors that are mm-hmm. yeah. there. I think I land on, for the most part, liking the film. I certainly would recommend it. Oh. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, oh. jumping the gun, but yes, I would certainly recommend it. How film. you gonna tell somebody you don't have to watch? Guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah, of course you have to watch. Guess who's coming to dinner? But I do think I do think it's a film that, especially like I said, looking through 21st century lens, yeah, that you are going to bump up against some things. Yeah, some of it doesn't age. It doesn't. It well. doesn't age super well. It doesn't it, it, this is like Heat of the Night ages well. Well, I think this doesn't age as well. Right. I think this is the like like that sit that that whole class in school of Sidney Poitier criticism mm-hmm. this is the one film that I say yeah people people have a point like like they talk about like when you read the history of this film like apparently there was this infamous story in the New Yorker mm-hmm. about Sidney Poitier and, and how there needed to be more um accurate representation and, yeah. and I was I was reading the um I was reading some some James Baldwin, and James Baldwin had a lot of criticism yeah. of the Sidney Portier film vehicle, mm-hmm. and and how he was basically America's favorite Negro. Yeah, but I do think in the heat of the night, Lilies of the Field, um, um, to Sir with Love. Like I, I think they age really well. Like, no, they do. Like, like, and again, I, I do think that that there's a lot more 
passion mm-hmm. to Sidney Poitier than he gets credit for. Yeah, and then when you read more of of his story and you know the challenges that he felt, yeah. and, and you know, um, you know how strategic he tried to be mm-hmm. in making in making the film choices that he made. Um, you know, I, was he as staunchly you know uh as staunchly of a uh, as staunch of an activist as say Harry Belafonte possibly not but he was doing his he was doing his thing look at some point this film had to be made right like a version of this film had to be made right i don't know who else could have played this role. Like you just mentioned Harry Belafonte. And I think Harry Belafonte is like, like I think there's a, a real coolness to Sidney Poitier that you can kind of play that asexual game with him for an hour and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you play that with Harry Belafonte. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much you, you can put Harry Belafonte in that suit and have him wander around the house for an hour and 40 minutes and that girl talks about how love how much he just loves his mind mm-hmm. yeah not 1967 harry belafonte maybe if they had put derville martin in the derville martin had a bigger role like like derville martin plays dr prentice yeah and sydney portier plays the dude driving the speedster yes just rams into that's a very strange parallel universe Where that happened. That's guess who the fuck is coming. <laughs> Look at my car. <laughs> Look what you did to my car. I'm like, what is Derville Martin doing? It's gonna be $35, dollars to fix this. Man makes choices. <laughs> I'll give him that. You always know it's him. You always know it's Derville Martin because I'm going to make a choice. Right. And he didn't have that weird and mustache. No. And yet you still knew it was Derville Martin. Yeah. Because he made a choice. Because he made a choice and he sticks to that choice. Spencer, watch this. <laughs> I was about to say, and Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy have to sit there and listen to this choice. Yep. Uh, Deborah Battle in the chat mentioned that her favorite Catherine Hepburn scene is when she is dealing with her um, her coworker from the museum. Oh, that's that, that's her, a be- when she fires her. her. Yeah, yeah, that's that, pretty. That that's is pretty a, epic. That is a great, great scene. That's a great, great scene. Look, like I said, the the whole the the whole first part, the two of them telling. Catherine, Catherine Hepburn seeing Sidney Poitier behind Joey mm. as Joey's trying to get around to it. And her whole, I mean, you know, Catherine, I mean, I'm not saying anything that Catherine Hepburn was a great comedic actor. Mm. I mean, it's, look, this, this is why people watch movies. Like Catherine Hepburn reacting to him being black coming out of that room. Yeah. And then Sidney Poitier with that very kind of mannered, yeah. but wry mm-hmm. look on his face. I mean, this this is I mean, this is why people go to movies. Yeah, Spencer Tracy figuring it out after he's left the room, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's acting with his back towards you. I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, this is it right here. Yeah, beast. Yeah. So, would you recommend that people watch this film, Vince? I would recommend that people watch this film. Like I said, it 
it it slows down ironically at the dinner mm-hmm but it's actually, well, the dinner actually doesn't happen to the very end, right? Right. But itself, I'm saying, right. and and it's kind of disappointing because the film is moving. Yeah, like yeah. there's actually a lot of energy. Yeah, and then it just kind of stops because, as I said, you know, a there's no real conflict. B to your point, I think his parents are an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Even with that, though, I just I love to see Bo Richards. Oh, yeah. Like, I love seeing both. But, gee, I would absolutely recommend I mean, look, you got to watch this. There you go. And you? Oh, I said it. Yeah. You got to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Full stop. Got to watch it. Guess who's coming to dinner, ladies and gentlemen, from 1967, the film that not only, you know what? I'll say this. Okay. Yes, you should watch it. Um, But as a recent purchaser of a DVD player... <laughs> I was, ah, uh, you know what, Lynn? Let the record show. <laughs> I have never brought it up. <laughs> We're on episode two what now? 278. 278. And and you, your DVD player was non-existent. Well, I had a DVD. Yeah. I, have a, I had a DVD What player. had happened was. I had a DVD player. Uh-huh. But I hadn't watched it forever. Right. Forever. Uh-huh. And then. Somewhere along the mission, we had to watch a DVD. I know who who would think who would have thunk, right? You know, right. Um, and I is when I realized that my DVD player I hadn't watched it in so long. I never pl- plugged it into my New York TV, yeah, and it didn't have the right connection. Didn't have the right connections. So eventually, I mean, I think even for that movie, I borrowed a DVD. Yes, yeah, so yeah, there was it was a comedy of errors with yes, that. I borrowed a DVD right. player. So now I and I, then a year later, a year later, when another DVD came up, I then I, I had to go purchase yes, a DVD yes, the yes. player, which you can get for like thirty bucks. So I got it in Blu-ray. Yeah. At, at some point, I'm probably going to have we're going to have to watch something on VHS. So I'll give you a heads up for that. <laughs> we're going to have to get you a VCR. Actually, we're going to have to get me a VCR too. Yeah, everybody's got. Yeah, but but go ahead. Um, as a recent DVD player owner, I will say mm-hmm. that Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is a movie that is worth owning. Okay, it is a movie worth owning. It is a movie that is, you know. Might make for interesting conversation, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. with a group of friends to just put this movie on from 1967 and just kind of like watching and, and talk about right. it. Because I do wonder how many people have actually watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all talk about it, mm-hmm. but how many people have seen scenes actually watch it? I mean, when's the last time you watched it? Well, to be fair, I probably watched it about maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, it's on- it's been at least ten years since yeah. I've seen it, yeah, and like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I'm the outlier because I wake, how much I wake I, up in the morning and I turn on turn the classic right, and see right. what movie is on. So, right, so yeah, um, yeah, and and there's probably not too many because it wasn't a hit, but a few people who've only seen the 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 adaptation where Bernie Mac guess who. Which we unfortunately will eventually get eventually because one may certainly I have a rant about that here on the mission. I've actually never seen the film. Yeah, and I think it's one of his last films. Yeah, um, but uh, 
Yeah, uh, Aston Kutcher. Right, 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 right. It. When it's a black guy getting with a white woman, it's got to be Sidney Poitier, and he's perfect. But then the white guy can get with a little sister and just be dumbass Aston Kutcher. Right. Because that's the way it works. That's apparently. the way it works. Yeah, so. So, so anyway, so if you've only seen that, yes. <laughs> then please. Yes. Please. Yes. Watch Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Um. All right, the modern day equivalent of this movie. I don't know. I don't know what the modern day equivalent of this movie would be. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know. know. Email us. Yeah. Email us, ladies and gentlemen. And connected to Derville Martin. <laughs> Email us. What do you think is the modern day? <laughs> Just blew my mind right there. Um, equivalent of guests who's coming to dinner. You can email us at the Michelle mission at gmail.com. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, I invite you all to like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as on YouTube. Subscribe mm. at Michelle mission on all your social mission, all your social media, excuse me. Um, the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to our website where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs of GIF coming to you by way of our friends at Public. You can also subscribe to the Michelle Mission Dispatch, our um, weekly newsletter. It's actually falling out of rhythm lately because we've been busy on special projects that haven't yeah. been able. Yeah, we got a bunch of special projects coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. So we've been we've been we've been grinding. We've been grinding. And Michelle Mission is a proud member of The Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com, curated podcast for your listening pleasure. They make podcasts work. And I also invite you, if you don't mind, if you like podcasts, and check out my new podcast, mm. The Rule of Man. Rule of Man. New episodes available every Monday at theruleofman.com or everywhere that you find good podcasts. Me and a bunch of friends talking about manhood, answering questions from women. It's pretty cool. We had a good, uh, this most recent episode, Vince, we got into a very, very intense discussion about keeping the toilet seat up. Mm. So I invite everybody to check that out. All right. Next week on the Michelle Mission, it is my turn. Yes, it is. At bat. And actually, next next week is actually episode 278. My, my apologies. Um, and I believe this is this is not our first documentary, but it's our first documentary in quite a while. Yes. In a long while. Yes. In a quite a long mm-hmm. while. Um, but it, it of all the documentaries to to do, this one is definitely the one to do yes sir as we sit down and watch and review i am not your negro no that's right the story of one james baldwin love james baldwin you you know why i remember i watched this documentary in the theaters yeah yeah i remember and I always I knew James Baldwin mm-hmm. had read some of his writings, not mm-hmm. a lot of them. And I always 
like the idea of what I knew about James Baldwin, but sure. I just didn't really do the homework. Sure. And this movie was kind of like Cliff Notes James Baldwin, mm-hmm. but of of these were the best Cliff Notes I've ever had. Sure. Because this this movie made me come out of this saying like, oh, this man really was a beast. Look, this man was indeed a beast. Yeah. And uh, one of my heroes. I am very happy to review this film. I am not your Negro. Next week on the road to three hundred. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we are about to get out of here. Uh, this has been so much fun. He's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. 